Welcome into the Sports Insanity Podcast. Let's go completely insane, peeps! Folks, Danny Boy Reginald here. Welcome into another edition of the Sports and Sandy Podcast on the Sports and Sandy Network. It is the was it the seventh inning? It is the seventh inning. My goodness gracious! <laughs> and I got some cast of characters. Go ahead and introduce yourselves. What's up, folks? I'm Bill Murphy. Still here, and I am still the one and only Mark Olgowski. How and sadly, we are missing the patch man today. He got caught up with some work stuff, so uh, we will miss him for the week. And um, he'll be back in better than ever next, next time around. He'll be back, folks. Don't worry, he's not missing much. I mean, he is missing the fact that his boy Aaron Rodgers uh, will be back for another season in Green Bay. We'll talk about that in a second. We'll also get to other stuff with the NFL, uh, new COVID rules, and uh, Players questioning freedom. <laughs> Can you believe that? No, well, actually, I can't. It's so dumb. Yeah, uh, a lot to talk about today. Yeah, Olympics, and uh, we got trade deadline coming up with the MLB. Who goes where? Well, let's see. We'll find out about that. Cleveland Indians also have a new name that will debut in 2022. So, uh, Lots of stuff, like Bill said, but we start, obviously, a big story today. Aaron Rodgers will report. This is a report's coming out here. He will come to training camp for the Packers. The way they're describing it is the two sides are going to meet together to rework the contract, and the contract will only work throughout the rest of this season, and then Aaron Rodgers is going to leave. And uh, probably – you know, it's probably a little bittersweet for Packers fans because, you know, Aaron Rodgers has been there for so long and he's has so many memories and so many playoff appearances. Uh, a lot of shortcomings, though. So, folks, I want your reaction to this. Well, here's my take on it. Aaron Rodgers, we all know, probably top three quarterback in the league. Absolutely. Um, he's had a great cast to throw to, especially Devontae Adams. And Devontae Adams was talking about holding out if Rodgers wasn't going to be there, which was a big moment. But Rodgers is coming back. Adams will be there. And I think the Packers dropped the ball with him when they drafted Jordan Love. And I know Patchy agrees with me on that. And uh, you guys have had takes on that. But um, Rodgers will play this season. And then next season, we'll see where it goes. Yeah, and I want to just chime on to that. I think it's um, Aaron Rodgers, like you said, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And um, from that late 90s, 2000s draft class, you know, like the big ones, him and Brady are the only ones left. Correct. Him and Bra- like Breeze retired, both the Manning brothers retired. 
Aaron Rodgers, to me, has nothing left to prove. But maybe another Super Bowl. We'll see. I mean, Green Bay was good last year. We'll see what happens this year. But I am going to say this, going off what you said about Jordan Love, and I and I'm sounding like a broken record right now, but I think because when this whole drama started in April, like right before the draft, like there were talks like were people going to like trade picks to the Packers to get Aaron Rodgers when he said he wanted out. And then here's another thing. When we're going back another year here, when the Packers drafted Jordan Love, and you've heard me say that. I'm not a Packers fan, folks, but I've defended I've defended Aaron Rodgers a bunch of times. And you've heard my takes. I've defended Aaron Rodgers. And and when the Green Bay Packers decided to draft Jordan Love, that was, and I've said this a thousand times, that was the biggest slap in the, fi- slap in the face to Aaron Rodgers. The, because, and you know, because here's the thing, and you've heard this joke too, they all the talking heads on ESPN were like, ooh, Aaron Rodgers was the same age that Brett Favre was when the Packers drafted Aaron Rodgers. Is he out the door? Ooh. And and now, and, 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 you know, the media treatment of Aaron Rodgers, like when he has a bad game, like, ooh, is he running out of gas? Is it time for Jordan Love? And it's like they enjoy watching him in pain, not in physical pain, but but Jordan Love, because this was the biggest slap in the face. The biggest slap in the face is you pick Jordan Love in the first round. Mm. When you have an MVP quarterback, like if you pick them in the second, maybe third round, okay. But when you're picking... When you're picking a quarterback in the first round, when you have an MVP quality quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, that's that's saying something like, is the Rodgers era in Green Bay ending? Like, are they like already picking out Aaron Rodgers' replacement? And I know they're not even on the same quality here, but that was like with um, Eli Manning when they first, when it was, I think, Campbell, they drafted, and then it was Daniel Jones when they were talking about, you know, is the Eli Manning era in New York coming to an end? Are they picking these court? Are they picking Campbell? Are they picking Jones to be Eli Manning's replacement? Like, are they already, are they getting ready for the post Eli era? And when the, when the, Packers drafted Jordan Love the same thing are the Packers getting ready for the post Aaron Rodgers era and and that is that drive and the thing is and I'm sorry if I was Aaron Rodgers that would leave a bitter taste in my mouth too no wonder why he wants out because the Packers are basically saying to him yeah, we're getting ready to replace you, pal. Well, it's not just drafting Jordan Love, obviously. It's also not building a quality team, even though they made the playoffs and went to the championship game last season. 
before that, you know, they still didn't build them enough with the good defense, at least, or something that would take them over the top. So kind of wonder, like, if, you know, they I wouldn't necessarily say they did it on purpose to make him look bad or to try to chase him out. Uh, but it's it's kind of frustrating. If I'm Aaron Rodgers, I would be definitely frustrated about that. And I'm so glad that he's going to get his out that yeah. he wanted. And I know it's it's probably not ideal. He probably wanted to be gone this year. But, you know, obviously any any way you could sort of have that divorce, as a lot of people would say, amicable talks and all that stuff, if you can get it done, then you just move on. And that's what they're going to do here. And I'm glad that he's going to get his out. It, it's a shame because that, that – I mean, the Packers were so close to being a dynasty. Oh, absolutely. They were fairly close. Crew. Yeah. It's tops in the NFL. Yeah, it's a shame that he only has one ring. So it's, it's yeah. You know, like here's the big question now, and we have like a, a year to to discuss this. But where do you think he's gonna go? If you look at the teams around the NFL that just drafted quarterback and stuff, you know, the scary thing I could see is New England. I mean, New England draft, you know, drafted um, Mac Jones. Thank you. Just drafted Mac Jones. I don't know if he has enough of supporting cast this year, but you bring Rodgers in with Belichick, I think uh, certain players will flock there to go with him. But do you think? But do you think at this moment? Do you think maybe Kraft and Belichick and the um, organization they're going to be too busy on molding Mac Jones? basically into the next Tom Brady. Well, the cool thing about Bill Belichick is that he's sort of a CEO type of head coach. So he is very good point on it about the offense, defense, and special teams. Like he's getting on all of his coaching staff to do well. And that also includes players. So I don't think Bill Belichick is going to have trouble or any type to groom Jones even if it means bringing in Aaron Rodgers for a year to sort of help with that transition. And, you know, we're not talking like a five-year contract here. We're only talking like maybe two years. It'll be like a Brady-type deal when yeah. he went to Tampa. Obviously, Bill wants to win, but at the same time, he also wants a future. Correct. If he's not going to be part of that future, then he wants the new coach to have some sort of foundation for that future. But, yeah, um. You know, a lot of, and, you know, I'm sure these questions are going to be raised over the next year is, you know, where's Rogers going to go after this year is maybe, you know, maybe are Rogers and the Packers maybe get to patch things up and maybe sign him to another contract. I don't think so. No, he's done. He's done for sure. So where's Rogers going to go? So like I said, all these questions are going to be answered over the next year. Yeah, and we have time for that. But for right now, let's just enjoy the fact that he's going to have his last dance moment. Yep. Green Bay. You know, this is his last shot of trying to get something out of this Packers team, get something with them, mm-hmm. win something. And they have a great coaching staff, great players to surround him with. So this is going to be a very interesting season. I am going to be locked in, as a lot of people will be. 
because people are going to be wondering how the Packers are going to do. Yes. They're going to be must-watch TV. You know, with all the drama going on, you know, and I know, Bill, you said, like, you know, this is going on since April. To be quite honest, I think this is going on way before April. It just wasn't public until then. Right. I, again, I think it started when they drafted Jordan Love. I think that's when it started. Yeah. And obviously him not having enough, the team not having enough to win a Super Bowl. Heck, getting to the Super Bowl was probably the last straw. So it will be must-watch TV for the NFL football fans. Uh, this is going to be great. So, uh, you know, stay tuned for that. That's going to be some one hell of a season. And staying with the NFL for a little bit, um, we mentioned that they have these COVID punishments for teams and players who violate rules of being unvaccinated. And they're going to come, they're going to come down on teams really hard, Mark. Two big names that are out there. DeAndre Hopkins, Arizona does not want to get vaccinated. And I know he's not the biggest name out there. Cole Beasley has made his point well-known in Buffalo Mm -hmm. that, he rather retire from football than being told what to do. I'm sorry. You want to play in the big time, you got to fall into line. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I know the NFL, they want to – they said if obviously if, a, if games get canceled because they can't reschedule it due to outbreaks from unvaccinated players, that it's going to stay canceled. And They're not going to make it up. And it will be a forfeit by the team will be credited with a loss. Um, and obviously also unvaccinated players, I think they're going to get fined at least 14 K, um, which mm-hmm. is huge. That's a big fine. I mean, it's probably like a quarter to some people, but like $14,000 is a lot of money. It's a lot of money. That's and a then, lot of money to us. Yeah, exactly. So to a lot of these players, that's like pocket change. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of these players, you're talking, you know, you mentioned Cole Beasley, who has been very much outspoken about his true opinions on it. And obviously other players who were questioning their freedom in the NFL. Okay. You know what? But here, here's the thing. And I'll get I'll to you, you in a second, Bill. Okay. The NFL. And I, and I understand why people are saying it because, you know, Vaccine should be a choice, right? It should be, you should have the choice to go out and get a vaccine if you feel like you need it. However, while you do have that choice, that freedom of choice to get that vaccine, your employer and the league that owns you also has rules. And you can, you, you're not immune from the rules. So I, I don't know what else to tell you, these NFL players that complain, but if you want to play, get vaccinated and help out your team so that there's no outbreaks. And, you know, if you don't get vaccinated, then understand that you're going to get fined and your team might be punished if there's a big outbreak. Okay. I just, uh, can I go now? Yes. Yeah. I just would like to say, um, first general, it's, I think this is absolutely, I, one, I think this is a good policy and good on the NFL. Um, here's the thing, Reg, everything you said, I, I agree with. 
It's like if you're working for a company and that company has policies, as in follow these rules or you're fired, then you got to follow the rules or, buddy, you're out of a job. And here's the and like, here's the thing, and I might get a little on my soapbox here, but I don't care. The thing is, listen, nobody likes getting a needle. Nobody likes getting a vaccine. Like, I hate needles. Like, you could ask my mom and dad when I was a kid. They used to have to hold me down when I had to go get my shots. But anyway, here's the thing, though. What about, like, take Nate Soldier, for example. Well, he played for the, you know, he plays for the Giants. He sat out last year because he himself is a cancer survivor. His wife is pregnant and his son has cancer because God forbid he goes plays. He's not only putting his wife and his son at risk, he's putting himself at risk. And I think these people who don't want to get vaccinated because Oh, you're taking away my freedom. You know what I say to those people? And I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Dan. I'm sorry, Mark. But to those people who are saying, you're taking away my freedom, baby, you get vaccinated. Shut the hell up. Shut the hell up. Please get freaking vaccinated. Because God forbid, God forbid you have someone on that team whose wife is pregnant. Or maybe they're living with their elderly parents. Or maybe they have a spouse or a child or a relative who's immunocompromised. God forbid they get the virus and that and could do irreparable damage. And you know what? But I also thought this. Should the, for, if only one player refused to get vaccinated, should the whole team get punished for that? Yes. If, every, yeah, if everyone else gets vaccinated... Weird. You have unvaccinated players. That's a that's a public health risk. It is exactly not yeah. only to not only to the team. He's like, excuse me, more not only no to no the, no my fault. Uh, obviously, look, like I said, I, I believe in choice, but your choices have consequences here. Exactly, understand that. And look, just because you don't get the vaccine doesn't mean you're going to get punished. You're not going to get arrested if you don't have the vaccine. No, no, we, we're not. We're not advocating for that. Folks. No, we're not advocating and, and no, and no one is that that's the cool part about this country is that you actually have the choice to do whatever you want to your body. There are owners in the league who have said that their teams have to be vaccinated. And if they choose not to be, they can no longer be part of the team. Now, the only three teams I've heard that from, but I know there are more is Tampa Bay, Dallas and the New York Giants. I've all said all their owners have stated their players must be vaccinated. And currently, I believe it's Tampa and Dallas who are now above 90%. Yeah. And other teams are catching up fast. But there are not just a handful of players, there are dozens of players who have come out and said, I'm not getting it. And well, and you know what? I'm sorry. Like if I'm the owner in the front office, I would say, listen, you either get vaccinated or you're gone. And that might sound a little authoritarian, but you know what? Right now, as Dan said, we're in a public health crisis right now. But it's a business, Bill. This is not the government telling you what to do. This is a business, a private business. And they're the employer. Employers have rights. Exactly. The employer, has to, the employer has to protect their investment. 
And I have to, I want to ask you this. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm for this rule, but like what's hypothetically, let's say if a player has like a medical reason to not get the vaccine, would you still buy or, or is that kind of a gray area? Are you talking as the person is immune compromised or you're talking as the person has a family with uh, special needs? Now, the person himself, because I know people who aren't getting the vaccine for medical reasons. Well, what's the medical reason? That that's what I yeah that's what like, I want to know. Like, you know what? what I don't really getting at because because science. And the, this is not a disrespect to anyone who actually has a medical issue. Then that's why they can't get vaccinated. Right. But if you have proof to show you, hey, look, I can't get vaccinated. There's really no excuse for it. But if they do show the proof, do you think the NFL should go? Sorry, bye. Or say, well, then yeah, then obviously that's a way. That's that's where the players' association will come in. Yes, I think I I think in those situations, if you have legitimate proof, because like I said, if I ran a business and I said you all have to get vaccinated, no exceptions, unless you have, you know, and if somebody said, hey, listen, I have this medical thing that I can't get vaccinated, I said, okay, well. You bring me a doctor's note signed by your doctor, then yeah. sure. But unless you have proof, sorry. Well, it has. It's that, and also it has to show that that that's the reason why you can't get vaccinated. If that's just a medical reason and it's not really a reason not to get vaccinated, then right. you should be subject to the same rules as all other vaccinated players. Exactly. And look, I I don't mean to diss unvaccinated people. I think those people, like I said, they're making that choice to take that risk. And I think it's great that people are like standing up for it and be like, yeah, no, not vaccinated. I think I'm going to be okay. But understand that if you work in places, like I work for an employer. If my company were to tell me to get vaccinated in order to be in the building, then I'm going to do whatever I can to make sure it happens. And I'm sure the company will do it too. All I got to say is I think the NFL at the end of the day is doing the right thing. Mm. Um, yeah. But you know what? I think Cole Beasley and DeAndre Hopkins just need to. Well, under they, they'll they understand very quickly that yeah. when you get those fines for $14,000 a week, it adds up. Yeah. And, and let's say you do get the virus and you spread it to unvaccinated to vaccinated and unvaccinated players then you'll see how much it will affect your team right cuz like god forbid let's say if you play the giants and you get Nate Soldier get it to Nate Soldier well, I'm sure right. he's probably vaccinated right but but still like you you don't you you want to make sure that in a public health crisis especially now with the rising cases of this Delta variant, which is incredibly dangerous. Got to gotta take the conservative route and just do what you got to do. Just there get vaccinated. Many cases where I think one time in the NBA, they were wearing whatever clothing that was not suitable for the NBA. And the commissioner is like, you can't wear that. And the NBA players caved. Because they're making a lot of money. They don't want to lose a lot of money. Right. Just to not follow a rule. It doesn't make any sense. Get vaccinated. (laughs) Because if they, because if any of these NFL players, if they 
refuse, like you said, it's a fourteen thousand dollar per week fine. If like someone refuses to do it for the whole season, they could be having to pay over a quarter million dollars in fines. $252,000. Math! Um, Crazy. Anyway. Well, make, sorry. I'll make a shout out to all NFL owners. I might have had 14 back surgeries. I'm vaccinated. I'll catch a pass. I won't get up <laughs> after getting hit, but I'll catch a pass. <laughs> Mark, old Ob's guys old Ob's guys in the NFL is coming into the NFL, folks. He's coming yeah. to the NFL. Let's yeah, do five foot eight of them. Yeah. <laughs> any other thoughts on this no I, I think we covered it mostly just and I just want to say about the NFL in general just can you believe preseason just in a couple weeks yeah training camp starts this week how about that yep yikes Back, like on the field baby yeah the, on the, the field the, the cowboy cowboys are already there <laughs> yep and hard knocks baby they got hard knocks this year on hbo yeah i i don't oh, ben Mark's do, gonna be watching that oh, i yes. do not miss hard knocks <laughs> i do not miss hard knocks yeah. <laughs> i've never really watched hard knocks in all honesty it's it's something special it really is nothing, but it's a nice fun look behind the scenes. Well, yeah, I mean, so, I, that's about, I had it. I've had it on a few times just yeah. to have like stuff on in the background. But yeah, I mean, I, I remember when the Jets did it, and <laughs> yeah. it was right in the middle of the Revis contest. Yeah. box, and oh my god, like that—that that was some ride. But uh, the Jets made it through it and went to the AFC Championship game, so I can't complain. No, and that was at the height of the Rex's like good years, right? When they peaked and they were unstoppable, and then they ran to the Pittsburgh Steelers. So it's all right. So anyway, um, yeah, it's just NBA Finals just wrapped up, and before you know it, football's here. God, time is moving too quick. Yeah, summer is like almost done, and it's uh, that that's how close we are to the fall. It's uh, it's wild, and uh, another thing. I'm, and before you know it, we'll be doing fantasy football. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. The MLB trade deadline is here. And let's just say this. Padres are already making moves. And they might make more. Tampa Bay has also made moves. Yeah, how about that? Nelson Cruz. Big, big, can, big. Can you believe how big? I mean, Nelson Cruz has been great his entire career. Yes. He's been a much needed hitter in that line. Big power guy. Already making contributions. They're gonna win at that division. I'm just telling you right now. That is a that is a loaded Tampa Bay team. Cruz coming to Tampa Bay. And then we have a couple of big names out there that have been thrown around. Matt Scherzer, yep. Bryant, Eddie Rosario, and Jose Barrios are four big names that have been talked about to be moved. And in college, Trevor Story and the Yankees also saying they're willing to give up prospects for him. Here's my thought on it. I hate half-year rentals. All these guys I just mentioned, except for Barrios, are free agents at the end of this season. Oh, absolutely. Just at this point, why go – yeah, well, like you said, except for Barrios, but – why trade him in the middle of the season? Because you trade the contract, the contract's going to be up. Just wait to the end of the season and get them then. And, you know, like, 
if the Yankees get Trevor Story, and Mark, I'm sorry if I cut you off, but um, if the Yankees get Trevor Story in a trade and you give up top prospects, what if, because at the end of the year, Story's, Trevor Story's contract is going to expire, then what? You gave up top prospects for basically a three-month rental. And this is why I don't like rentals. This is one of the things that, I mean, it didn't, it didn't necessarily kill the Blue Jays, but with David Price, remember him? Now they got yes. him for a couple of months, then he went yeah. off to Boston. Now, exactly. granted, the Blue Jays went to the playoffs that next year and still did fairly well. It didn't help him in the long term. Oh, look at that. Look Mr. Patchman's here. here. The Patchman's here. Hey, you can have a show without me. <laughs> oh. damn, it, cha- damn it, we should have changed the locks. <laughs> listen, listen, you can't change the locks. I have access to this. I was about to say, he's the president. It's hail to the chief. Hail to the chief, god damn it. Who did I love you guys. What's up, guys? Oh. Hey, good to see you, buddy. Yeah. Oh, we're just talking about the uh, trade deadline at the moment. Oh, trade deadline. Yes. Oh, man, good. Good stuff going on with the trade deadline. Yankees oh. ain't doing jack. No, but they made some. They, they trade for a pitcher today, Pittsburgh. Hey, yep. start. But <laughs> I still like. Uh, I, I I don't know how much is going to help them, but uh, whatever. Progress. I get. We're going to know more probably closer to Thursday if there's going to be any serious moves. That's normally two days before the trade deadline is where the. Fire starts heating up and you hear about the phone calls. Yeah. I mean, I know Barrios, the biggest names, the biggest teams right now going after him is the Dodgers and the Padres. Yes. Both. He would fit well with both teams. Yeah. Either one, he would make a great difference for. Yeah. Can you believe Hosmer is out there too? I was just reading that before we went live that the Padres are shopping him. Yeah. The problem I, I look, Eric Hosmer is a, stellar ball player mm-hmm. has been but his defense is not what it used to be no so i mean i don't know what team is going to want to take him with with basically nothing left yeah well i mean the fact that the, the padres are willing to give him up just shows how much that contract really worked out i mean the uh, i i don't know what to feel about it because Hosmer was once oh more, yeah you know, he, he was once a big threat to every freaking team. Well, Casey, and, yeah. Yeah. And when he went entered free agency that year in 2018, he was a big name free agent and didn't get signed till almost spring training. Correct. So I don't know what's going on with him, but uh, uh, if he ever finds a team, like, you know, he'll, he'll probably do well for them. Trade deadline coming up soon. Um, hey Pat, you think any? You think your beloved Nationals are going to make any deals? Uh, if anything, if anything, there might be a deal for Max Scherzer. A lot of money for any team to pick up. Twenty-eight million. There were talks about him going to the Mets. Oh, we were and, talking about that before we went on air. Yeah, I have a feeling the Mets. As I was tell, talking to uh, Dan and Bill, I have a feeling there is much more, much more wrong with Jacob DeGrom than is left to be known. I know the Mets have made phone calls regarding Scherzer, and that could be the only reason why. 
But if they can't sign him to an extension immediately, I wouldn't do it. Sorry. I would absolutely write it out with – I mean, it's not a bad rotation. No. It's just a rotation minus Jacob DeGrom, which would make it easily better. I would write out with this pitching rotation, you have a good bullpen, and then you have good hitting that can carry you folks. Write it out and then, you know, reevaluate DeGrom as you go. If you have, if he has to miss the season, he has to miss the season. Right. Carrasco is going to be back within a week. Right. So they're going to gain him back. That's why I don't think trading for Scherzer is the way to go. I think Dan has put it right. Protect the Grom. Rotation has been solid. You know, Trevor McGill coming up from double A is pitched beautifully. Can you I believe mean, that? Double <laughs> A pitchers come up and thrown 13 consecutive shutout innings. I mean, yeah. come on. I mean, and this is where, I mean, I don't know who you pardon. Do you pardon Brody Van Wagenen? Or do you say, oh my God, a lot of these are Sandy guys. Well, he was a Sandy, Sandy Alderson dra- exactly. drafted him. And, that's, <laughs> and that's, that, that, that's huge. That's why I was so glad to hear that he was back in control. He knows yeah. what he's doing. Yeah. So, uh, no, I would definitely protect DeGrom at all costs. And don't worry about making moves for any other pitcher. But Max Scherzer has to go somewhere because the Nationals, no offense, after that loss, that brutal loss to the Orioles, like – yeah. They gotta do something. There's, there's no way you can keep they can keep up with this division. They're like not nine out, eight out of the East. Eight out, and then as the way I put it, we're not a division contender. We're a wild card contender. I think you're now four and a half. Mm-hmm. If anything, we're a wild card contender. If not, yeah. it's the second wild card, not the first. Get get the second wild card if you can. Otherwise, there's no point of it. I mean, and that's a shame because you know the Nationals when they streak. That's a very good team. They're healthy. They're a pretty damn good team, but injuries yeah. this year have killed us. Yeah. Yeah. So. You guys are getting injured. Like, well, we are too. So I can't really say <laughs> anything on the matter. Not, not and the Mets are as well. So hey, we're all. Yeah, I, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Yeah. Uh, and if the Yankees go after story, I'll be really upset. Because no, if they do it now. No, they're not going to. They do it now. That is just a dumb move. Because, because I like know you said, you are giving up two top prospects, right? And one of them three, will be Jake for a three month rental, basically, because Story's contract is up. And if if anyone read my blog post, yeah, I have to sit here and shamelessly plug my blog post. But I said, you know, wait to the end of the seat. Wait to after this year is over to get Trevor Story. Right. If you're going to do it. He's going to be a free agent. He's going to be probably the most sought after free agent in Major League Baseball. Don't wait. Don't just like get him now and then have three months of him, which you probably most likely will not make it into the postseason. And oh, that was a waste. That was just a total waste. And then if he goes, oh, I'm going somewhere else next year. Bye, guys. Then that was a real waste. Well, just you had a three-month rental, and you had to give up two two top prospects for that. And if that, and if they do that, then you know I've been loving the pick on Brian Cashman lately. But if that is the choice, then Cashman needs to be fired. And which Hal's not going to do. So you can toss that out the door. Boone first. 
<laughs> Fire I don't know, everyone! I don't no, even know I... that's going to happen because they they seem to be very confident with Boone. Yeah, that's like being confident of, in, in a captain who ju- who's about to drive into an iceberg. But anyway, getting back to the trade deadline, any team should not go for Trevor's story right now because you're just getting a three-month rental. Well, well just oh, hold up a second. Okay, okay. Te- let- teams can go after him. Just not the Yankees. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know what? That's fair. That's fair. And we've said this a hundred times. Don't get him now. Wait to the end of the season. Then go make him offers. But now, three-month rental, three top, two top prospects. You just, congratulations. You just wasted. You just wasted two top. You just wasted three months. For someone who most likely will not come back and you lost two top prospects in the in the process. Well done, Brian Cashman. Well done. I would love to watch this Barrios competition yes. on here. Because he, I think he's gonna be the biggest name that will be yeah. traded by I, I can't wait to see that. Chris Bryant's there <coughs> too. Um that a lot of big names out there. And uh, Anthony Rizzo has been talked about possibly going to the Red Sox. Yep. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, a lot of these teams, especially those, uh, I mean, the Rays, like we said, made already made noise. They're, yeah. they're, tra- they're trading pitchers and they're acquiring hitters. And I love the trade they made with the Mets. You know, Rich Hill yeah. came out, pitched five great innings this weekend. So, yep. I mean. So, yeah, the trade Excuse deadline me. is heating up. Um, yeah, Burrios, you said the Padres are getting him. Well, it either the Padres or the or Dodgers. Padres or the Dodgers. Those are the two biggest ones right now. And we're getting this report from MLBTradeRumors.com that Max Scherzer is reportedly open to waiving no trade rights. Yeah, he, he, which he has a right to. Yeah. He currently has that clause that he could get rid of. So that is what's going on with the trades. It's going to get very interesting in the next couple of days. You know what else is interesting? What else fact, is interesting, Reg? The fact that the Cleveland Indians have finally changed their name quicker than the stupid-ass Washington football team. I made that joke <laughs> a couple of days ago when that came out. Like, oh, I, 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 I'm sorry. How is it that for Washington in the NFL that's taking almost two years to get a name, to get their new name? Whereas for the Indians, it took what? No Ten more minutes. Than, no more than seven months, eight months. And the name they chose, I like it. I actually think it's, it's a pretty cool name. It's not. It's not the. It's not the worst name in the world. I think the Guardians, which is the name, the Cleveland Guardians. It's not the worst, but it's also not the greatest. No, it's not the greatest, but I mean, it's it's a nice neutral choice. Yeah, it's a cool name. Yeah. The the reasoning behind it is stupid. But what's the reasoning? <laughs> I didn't see the reasoning. Well, they they're saying, "Oh, the we per, we are here for each other. We're protecting." It's all the, the the they released a video narrated by Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. You do not mess with Tom Hanks. <laughs> but you can. Oh, yes, he eliminated Springfield off the map if you're the symptom. Don't mess with a guy who can take your town off the map. If Tom Hanks has something to do with this, you stay quiet because it's Tom freaking Hanks. 
There's also like this angel statue. I don't know. It's Cleveland. <laughs> the mistake on the lake. But uh, no, so the Cleveland Guardians will debut in 2022. And this is a new era for Cleveland baseball. It's something that lifelong fans of baseball in general, obviously fans of the Indians, have to start getting used to. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to be easy for a lot of them. A lot, I know a lot of Cleveland Indians fans are not really about it. It's a tough pill to swallow, but it's done. It's happening. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing much you can do about it now. So it's it's happening, and we just got to move forward. I mean, you know, I'm just going to miss. I guess what I'm going to miss about the Indians name and logo is Chief Wahoo. Yes. Like, That's I a, uh, and I know, and I understand getting rid of the logo years ago. You know, it, it's offensive. It's offensive. Like you know, you, you're not. What, what can you do? You can't force people to like things. No, but yes, Chief Wild, we will miss you. In the world we live in, you can't please anybody. Yeah. Um, but I, I also want to say, with the name change, I, I have a little message for Washington owner Dan Snyder, if that's okay. Hey, Dan, we know you're busy handling sexual harassment lawsuits, but can't you take like 10 minutes out just to think of a real damn name, please? I think his wife's going to be in charge of that now. Off the team? That's interesting. (laughs) Well, only because she's running the team now. So it's like, wow. So Mrs. Snyder, please settle on a name like the... Can you believe that a team in the Washington football team won the NFC East? And they might do it again. I want to know what you've been drinking. Mm. Washington's going to win the NFC East this year. And you have to share it with all of us, Dad. Well, I mean, that defense is lethal. I mean, I'm not going to say it's not. I'm not going to say it. Now, offensively, I don't know how that team is going to do. If they're going to be bouncing around between Ryan Fitzpatrick and Taylor Heineke, then <laughs> clearly that, that's a huge problem. Yeah. Now their defense is a solid defense, that I will say. Yeah. But anyway, um, moving right along. Moving right along. So, yeah, the Cleveland Guardians. So we wish them the best. In we t- wish you all well. And you got freaking Tom Hanks to narrate it. So. I'm sorry, I'm having a little Hank's obsession right now, but. (laughs) Adopt US Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting a Teenager. Learning the Lingo. Jelly. Jelly adjective. Jelly is a shorter, better way to say jealous. As in, Chloe, I am like so jelly of your unicorn phone case. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. Visit AdoptUSKids.org, brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. You're listening to the Sport Insanity Podcast on the Sport Insanity Network. Make sure to like us on Facebook by searching SIN Sports Insanity Podcast, and also follow us on Twitter by searching at SIN Sports Insanity. And now back to the bottom half of the inning on the Sports Insanity Podcast. All right, to the Olympics. We had some Olympic coverage here. It started over the weekend. And uh, so far, the Team USA is doing fairly decent. They're 
current medal count as it stands now. USA is, um, I think, second. I think they're second to China. Medal yeah, I think they're second to China. Yeah, right now, in total, it's a total medal count. USA has 15, while China has 18. Uh, and Japan leads the gold medal count with eight. Just a quick, um, like notable gold medals for USA. Uh, Chase Calzas, uh, men's 400 meter individual medley, medaled, mm-hmm. and then we had our first um, American women to win in fencing foil. That's me for gold with Lee Diaper. Um, so both of them for bringing gold back to the good old US of A. I did. I have not had much time to sit and watch, but the events that I enjoy most, because I was a swimmer, I love watching the swimming. Oh, the swimming's and, good. And it, it, it's exciting. But hats off to Australia beating out Katie Ledecky. I mean, that was some race. It was close. Yeah. But hats off to, to that swimmer. I don't know her name, but wow, what a, what a race. And and Katie oh, Lede- and K- Katie Ledecky wasn't mad. She she was like, "Oh, I love my time and stuff." Yeah, she had, this this person had the third overall best time, and she had the fourth overall best time. Yeah, for this race, and she handled it the right way. She congratulated her. She just she happened to be silver. there. You yeah, went silver. It's yeah. still you meddled. Yeah, you know? <laughs> she was just happy to be there. Exactly. And did you see the Australian swim coach? <laughs> oh gosh, yes. Oh my god, I think he was having like an orgasm there. I mean, I, I don't know what's going on. Good eye, mate. Shooting on the Bobby. No, the way his reaction's hilarious. If you ever go on, it's, it's all over Twitter. There's a there's a gif of it already, so it's like, yo, know, it's congratulations. You're now you're now Twitter and gift famous, sir. <laughs> yeah, but no, obviously, whoever's medaled so far, congratulations. Uh, I usually watch the swimming, definitely. Yeah, I've been watching a little bit of. I haven't been watching a lot of the Olympics, but I've been watching the swimming. Yeah, a little the, bit. I watched the, some of it last night. Yeah, I know the the, the gymnastics. I haven't watched yet, which I'm like, that, that's usually one of my other things that I watch is the gymnastics. So. Simone Biles. Yeah. Well, currently the USA is in second. I believe they are second to Russia at the moment. They're not out of gold contention, but they're second yeah. currently. Yeah, this is the team all around. Correct. Okay. Correct. Yeah, because I know there's individual all around, which I believe Simone Biles. But she's like ahead by a million points. Is winning, <laughs> and yes. she'll probably, and if she stays the course, she'll get the gold. Correct. She will get that gold. Yeah. Um, the basketball. Do we need to discuss it? Mm, we'll just say this, and I said this before. If I haven't said it. On our show, I definitely said it off air. The world is catching up to the United States. In case you haven't figured it out, there's like a trillion active NBA players that play in different countries, four different countries in the Olympics. So the fact that the United States is all of a sudden losing is not necessarily, look, is it disappointing to us? Of course it is. We're always number one. But what it shows you is that there's talent across the world. The NBA has noticed it, and they've brought them here. So, you know, it's, to me, what it just shows that the world is catching up. 
And there's no shame in it, really. Honestly, I think it's great for basketball that the rest of the world is starting to win and making the U.S. play their game. And if this is anything, it's a wake-up call for the United States to get the rat together. As the old saying goes, when I am bowling like crap from my mother, reach between your legs and pull your head out of your ass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but what do you think about the excuses that they've been making? Well, we haven't played together in a while. We haven't. That means nothing. That means exactly. nothing. Okay. Hypothetically, have this team plays together at the All-Star game or against each other in the All-Star game. They're just yes. having fun. So, and also it's Granted, a loss is going to happen here and there, but your team USA, to me, you should be the best team in basketball in the world. You should be cruising yourself to a gold medal, not losing three out of the last four of your matches. And let's be real here. You don't think these players come together over the summer to do pickup games or to train with each other? Yeah. They haven't played with each other in a long time. Are you kidding me? You face each other all year long in the NBA. You know, it's it's a sad thing to watch. And just, just how sloppy it was. But on a brighter note, Luka Doncic putting up 48 points for Slovenia. You got to give him credit. Seven more points less than the record, but he said he's going for it. So uh, that that's something I'm gonna watch. Hopefully, yeah. see if it happen. Yeah, if he, I want him to be the MVP of the tourney. Yes. Oh, I do too. Uh, that would be that would be good. So the Olympics things are really things are getting interesting because yeah. USA, USA has their second match in basketball against Iran at like 12:35 um, Wednesday morning, July 27th. So maybe I might I, I might stick it through and stay up and watch that match, depending on who has it covered. Yeah. The one thing that I'm excited about is the USA softball. Yeah. They're, they're going after yes. gold against Japan. Yes, I, I yeah, they, and they walked off, I think, the last two matches too. When yeah. been the, too. It's gonna be a fun match. Two best teams going at it. USA. USA. And then USA. And then USA baseball is starting up, I think. This coming weekend, yes, something like yes, that. Yes, it is something yes. like that. Also, um, I've been watching ping pong too, table tennis. That's <laughs> fun to watch. If you ever watch, you ever watch Olympic, like okay, ping pong is fun to play, but if you ever watch like Olympic ping pong, it's, it's scary. scary. It's scary. Like okay, it starts off slow, but then like as soon as like four or five rallies go back to each other, it's like and then it's just. And they're like five, six feet back from the table and they're hitting it across. It's like watching Olympic curling almost. I I love watching Olympic curling too when the Winter Olympics are around. Oh, you just love curling. Now, any sport that you can walk on ice and use a broom to win, yay, that's got to be good. (laughs) But one other note, the surfing had to be postponed due to a hurricane coming off the shore of Tokyo. So we will have to wait a little bit. Yep. That and then we also have skateboarding. I don't know if you've seen skateboarding. No, I, I saw it. a quick glimpse of it. It's hilarious. That they, <laughs> I saw a quick they, glimpse that they actually. I mean, like, it, look, it's been a long time coming. If snowboarding could be in the winter, why can't skateboarding exactly? Be in the Summer Olympics. 
politics, but it's just so funny to watch them fall on their asses. <laughs> <laughs> AKA me on a skateboard. However, they got the right commentator at least. Mm. Tony Hawk is there yeah. and is saying, well, this is what he's going to, oh, oops. <laughs> <laughs> Well, also, I think there was something that went around that, like, some guy beefed it off the board and then went um, um, below the waist into a bar. I think there was a video of that going around somewhere. Hope he wore a cup. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, so the Olympics, I got to admit, I was a little hesitant to watch it because I was a little angry about the whole thing with COVID and everything, but... Well, I mean, I, I, I watch it because I always look forward to the Olympics. It's actually an event that I can watch with my family because the rest of my family, other than my brother, they're not sports fans. So that's why you hang out with your brother and you hang out with us. Yeah, exactly. So then, you know, when I get to when I get to watch the Olympics with the rest of my family, it's, it's a nice knowing that they're going to enjoy it, too. It's just amazing. It's an amazing event. And, you, you know, we always talk about this every four years. We see different new different athletes that don't get enough coverage because they're not playing major sports in the country. And now we get to see them be showcased and they get to have their moment of glory. It's, it's amazing to watch. So I, 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 I'm in love with the Olympics and, you know, obviously we, we can argue whether it should happen or not, but if it's happening, it's good. And no, you don't get a lot of chances like this. And then, you know, obviously we're blessed because we have the Winter Olympics coming up too. It's like, it's like they're so close together one year. Yeah. So, and that's going to be in Beijing. Yeah. How about that? Beijing having the Summer Olympics in Tokyo. <laughs> and then 14 years later, they have Winter, Winter Olympics. And, and then the Summer Olympics come back to America later down yep, Los Angeles. Yep. 2024, 2028. Something like 2020. 20, I think it's 2028. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Who wants to go on a road trip to Los Angeles? Not me. <laughs> no, I'm avoiding that state like. <laughs> like the plank. Obviously, if we get big enough, why not? But like. Hey, hey. CBS, NBC, anybody, we're here. Someone hire somebody. Call, somebody call us. We'll call the Olympics. We promise. 2028 Olympics that are in LA. Yeah. And 2024 is Paris. Paris. Yeah. We need a shirt. <laughs> okay. So um, before we go, um, is there anything else you guys want to talk about the Olympics or can we go forward? No, we can go forward. Uh, you lead this one, Bill. Okay, I think I will. Um, I just want to, um, I don't know if anyone's heard the big news. Well, I, you've all heard big news, but the Texas and Oklahoma in college football are moving, are changing conferences. Well, or not, not the officially. Of it. They're in the process. So the they have decided not to renew their big 12 media rights, which is a big step to moving to the SEC, which they have been trying to do for a while now. Right. And I think the rights deal is in like mid 2020s, right? So like 20, um, the, the deal expires in 2025. Yeah. So Correct. 
this is so, gonna be big. Yeah, I, I mean, well, first of all, the, the Big Twelve is, you know, they're they're gonna be losing two big teams. They're gonna be losing their big rivalry. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and just a quick side story. Um, my brother actually has a friend who went to Texas, the University of Texas, and when they were doing Secret Santa, just to get on my his friend's goat, my brother got him an Oklahoma shirt. Barney. And he was not <laughs> happy so much. And so now that sits in our laundry pile. Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, I think this is going to be a big blow to the Big 12 if Texas and Oklahoma leave. What do you guys think? I mean, it wouldn't necessarily be a downfall, but at the same time, you know, if you don't have that big rivalry in your conference and another conference is just going to acquire that, then that's, that's a big money. It's a big money loss there. Mm -hmm. So you have to start thinking about rearranging your financial, you know, install that stuff. It's, it's pretty wild. So yeah. Interesting things happening. College football patch. You have any thoughts on this? You know, good for college football. It's always cool. It's always cool to see a shakeup once in a while. And it just makes on the conference more interesting when bowl season comes around. Yeah. Well, keep in mind, this is, this is across all sports. So uh, I think if you switch conferences, it wouldn't just be for football and basketball. Probably be for all sports. Well, we see just certain sports do that. It's just not the entire conference, not, not the entire athletic department going hey we're switching conferences and sometimes sometimes football team just switches conferences but i agree with you well well i mean i'm just saying in this case it would be a complete transfer of all sports to a different right for the whole conference because it makes like i said it'll make each sport more interesting now yeah when whether it comes to you know march madness and basketball or bowl season football or even softball and baseball and all the other sports in out there it's going to make it more interesting because yeah. you'll see more matchups that you, maybe you might not see with certain you know, key stars from each college. So it's a, going to be a good wait-and-see game when yeah. it rolls out officially. Yeah, so, when, 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 when Bill, well, Bill is right is that the biggest thing is football. Yes. So that's – the SEC has a big, big, big presence. In football. Mm-hmm. And this is going to make it even bigger. Go Longhorns. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't care less. I don't watch college football that much. Hey, hey, I watch you know where my loyalty on, January, on, on New Year's Day. That's what you know where my loyalty lies in college yeah. football. Yeah, I mean, I I try right. I tried rooting for the University of Michigan, but John Harbaugh's not making me any happier with that team. <laughs> so I stay away from that. You know where my loyalty is. I have to. I'm I. I'm Irish. I'm Catholic. I have to root for Notre Dame. Yeah, Irish and Catholic. It's mandatory. No, it's not. I'm watching college football at any time, which is a rarity. Syracuse Orange. That's who I root for. <laughs> but you, you know they're not that good. Shout out to my alma mater, Marist Red Foxes, and their football team. But yeah. also, but, but but also go Wisconsin. Hey, we're playing. Notre Dame, Wisconsin playing each other September 25th at Soldier Field. 
all, 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 only you would know that off the top of your head, Bill. Yes, I would. And that, and that, and does that bother me? Absolutely not. <laughs> whatever, okay, whatever floats your boat, kid. Yeah. And um, okay, we got anything else today, guys? Or yeah, no. So the thing we're all good here. Seven innings down. Two more to go, folks. Wow, this season went quick. And yeah. um, I just want to, um, before we give our final closing out, I want to actually give a shout out to my cousin, Matt Napolitano, who just returned today after seven months duty in the Air Force. Thank yeah. you for your service, sir. Welcome home, pal. Pretty USA. 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 Welcome home, buddy. Hopefully we'll get to have a beer soon. Yeah. So uh, congratulations and thanks for your service. Uh, all right, folks. Well, we'll end it there. Until uh, next week, sign our Danny Boy Reginald here. Bill Murphy, signing off. And follow us on all platforms. And Smart, the one and only old ass guy, Alpern. But remember, go to our website, www.thesportsinsanitynetwork.com. And I am Lawrence Hatchman Lang. See you next week, folks. All right, folks. Peace out till next week. Next week, all. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, We'll probably stay together. Probably? (laughs) It's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. What's going on, everyone? Lawrence Patchman Lang here, president of the Sports Insanity Network, just reminding you to go to our website, www.thesportsinsanitynetwork, where you can read everyone's blogs here, on the network and also find about the history of the Sports and Sandy Network. A quick omission from the uh, NFL segment, the $14,000 plus fine uh, for the players is obviously if you're unvaccinated, uh, that's one of them, but it's also who those who are unvaccinated and don't follow restrictions to abstain from attending bars, concerts, sporting events, all that other stuff. Obviously, it doesn't change the way I feel about it. You know, if you're an NFL player and you're playing this season, the preference is to get vaccinated to protect yourself and other people from getting sick, and you don't want that. So uh, that that's something that I wanted to clarify. Just a quick update as well from the Olympics. The medal count has been updated ever since we obviously taped the show. Uh, the United States is currently on top of that in total medals with 38. China is second with 31. Japan has 25. I think they're below the Russia Olympic Committee with 28. So that's your top four right there. Uh, China leads 
the medal count in terms of gold medals with 15. They're actually tied with Japan. So, uh, obviously, China's killing in the gold medal count. And U.S. is not far behind with 14. So, that's good news. Uh, congratulations to those who have medaled. The USA Gymnastics, the women's gymnastics team, they won the silver and the team all around. And we'll get back to the gymnastics in a second. I also want to congratulate all those the uh, swimming uh, who competed the swimming competition. They, uh, they, uh, we have a lot of the U.S. Uh, people who are meddling there. So congratulations to them as well. And uh, in terms of the softball, I actually watched the softball, and unfortunately, Japan took the gold from the United States. So that kind of uh, killed my mood. The thing that killed my mood even more as I was watching that softball game was getting the news that Simone Biles took herself out of the team all around. And uh, as we were, as we found out later on, it was because of, you know, mental issues that she wasn't quite ready. She wasn't quite there to compete uh at her fullest potential, so she dropped out, and of course, later on in the week, she ended up dropping out of the individual all around the event that we talked about. That you know, if she had stayed the course, she would win the gold. And to me, it was shocking to read and hear something like that because of what we know Simone Biles can do on the Olympic stage for what we already know of her, of the champion that she is. Like, this is some. This is a gymnast that has won medals in all these different world events. So it's frustrating. It's frustrating to have to listen to that. But just a, just a quick thing here. And maybe I've been very ignorant about it. We have to pay attention to the mental health of the athletes. And, you know, obviously... Recently, Naomi Osaka pulled out. I think it was the French Open. Obviously, you know, she didn't want to meet with the media, and rightfully so. I mean, you know, if you don't want to speak to the media, I know it's obligated with the well in professional tennis that you have to meet with the media after every match or you know, whatever your obligations are. But you know, we also have to think about the well-being of our athletes, and. Naomi Osaka sort of reminded us of that. So when you hear stuff about this with Simone Biles as well, it it makes you wonder, are we putting a lot of pressure on these athletes to do so well and win? You know, I think about that, you know, it also brought me back a little bit to how not necessarily, obviously, you know, Kyrie Irving can, uh, miss as many games as he wants and, um, you know, still be there for his team for most of the season and the playoffs and stuff. Uh, but, you know, I got on him a lot too. And, you know, he also said that he's been battling with a lot of, you know, mental stuff. You know, he needed a day to just chill out because he couldn't handle it and stuff. He just, you know, wasn't ready, mentally fit. So then you just wonder, you know, this is a trend across a lot of sports and we're now starting to see especially in the Olympics where a lot of these athletes we don't see them on the big stage until the Olympics the pressure the enormous pressure that they're under to succeed 
and get victory for their country. A country that's all eyes on them. Because the Olympics are such a huge event. I know the ratings don't say it this year. But the Olympics are such a huge event. The world is watching you. So the enormous pressure is just unreal. And I feel horrible for uh, Simone Biles that she had to withdraw from her recent competitions just to focus on her mental state and obviously i hope she's okay i don't want we need to make sure that these athletes especially those that like i said the olympics who you know only have a a big stage for a short amount of time we have to make sure that we're taking care of them as well as the athletes we see on a daily basis we need more mental health resources for them so that they can succeed at their level so that we can see them not only succeed physically in terms of playing their games and stuff, but mentally and that they could, you know, thrive in this world that has so much pressure. And now more than ever, because, you know, we have access to so much technology and so much press and stuff that it's just changing the game. You know, 20 years ago, even 10 years ago, it, that wasn't the case. You know, the amount of coverage that the athletes get nowadays is just crazy. It's big. It's turned into this empire. We just, we need to, we need to make sure that while the we cover them, and obviously, you know, the, the professional athletes know that they're going to get covered, but we, we have to make sure that, you know, they need some space, that they're going to get the space they need. And, you know, we also have to make sure that they're okay. Last thing I want someone is to either something awful happen to them, whether they harm themselves or they harm other people just because mentally they're just not there. Mental health is health, man. Bigger than, you know, a lot of people think. I encourage everyone to, you know, listen to the great Michael Phelps. He was on NBC earlier this week with Mike Tirico. And he just made these beautiful comments uh, when talking about the Simone Biles situation. We need someone who we we can trust. Somebody that can let us be ourselves and listen. Allow us to become vulnerable. Somebody who's not going to try to fix us. You know, we carry a lot of things. A lot of weight on our shoulders. And it's challenging. Especially when we have the lights on us and all these expectations that are being thrown on top of us. So it broke my heart. That's that's his statement. And I mean, how right is he? I mean, that I that statement alone just is a cry for help. And I'm glad that we have someone like Michael Phelps, who obviously has been very, very vocal about his mental struggles when he's been training for Olympics. He talks about going to therapy, how much it helps him. Like He's a huge advocate for mental health. Uh, it's great that we have someone like Michael Phelps, an Olympic legend, uh, to come out and um, you know be the voice of reason here. And I think we all need to just wake up and understand this is a bigger issue and we cannot any longer continue to hold back on it. So 
good for Simone Biles to focus on herself. And again, we want to make sure that all athletes are doing okay mentally because the Olympics are incredibly stressful. It's so hard to uh, just make an Olympic Games just to participate in it. Imagine trying to win a medal. I'll just leave it at that. Until next week, everybody.